Hey gang, happy Tempo Tuesday. It's Mike on the mic. This week, PF sits down for part two of his conversation with Naraj Vora from the Stride Shop. They deep dive into injury prevention, some of the things that are commonly seen in training cycles that lead to injuries, ways to work around them, ways to avoid them, and then most importantly, how to get runners back out on the road. So this week's episode brought to you by the Stride Shop. Without further ado, I give you PF and Raj. This thing is rolling again. Hey, what? Blah, blah. Hey, good morning and welcome to another Tempo Tuesday. My name is Pat Fellows, and I am joined again today by Niraj Vora from the Stride Shop. Niraj, good morning. How are you today? Doing great. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. We uh, jumped in last week with some ideas and just getting a little bit of information on who you are, what you guys do, and where you are, but we really didn't dive in, I want to say to specifics. But we didn't we didn't tackle like a topic. We you know we just kind of talked about a little bit about philosophy, and introduced you know your business and whatnot. But today, and the big thing that I'm excited about is really to talk about running, right? Yeah. Like yeah. talk about the the reason you have this business and, and and the opportunities you have to work with people and those things. So today, you know, everybody comes out with episodes, and it's going to be like the top three things that you can yeah. do to you know, and we're going to try that. Yeah, we may end up at three or four. Yeah, we may end up at two really deep dives. You never know. Yeah. But uh, I like to try, and uh, I wanted to today discuss um, from your perspective, um, both as a coach, both as a PT, and somebody that's been working with with runners, some of the things that um, you found. Are, are great to run injury free. Like what are the things that are most important to you? I know I have my ideas. I've been, um, I've been coaching for maybe 13 years, 12 years, something like that. A long time. Mm -hmm. Um, at least running, but I also worked in the running shoe business for eight years. Yeah. And so within that you, you get philosophies, you sure. deal with a lot of people with injuries and you get opinions and this and that. But, um, and, and again, these don't have to be, this is the number one, sure, yeah. no sort of countdown, right? Because it's, it's, it's probably specific. You may not have, I may never have any sort of injury ever. Then yeah. all of a sudden get, I don't know, you know, a planner yeah. and what running injury free from planner is different than running injury free from patella tendonitis, right? right? right. Like, yeah. so as you, you know, I know you see a lot of the common injuries, but at what, what do you think? I know what I think my kind of one of my most important things is what's the, one of the first things you look at for people to run injury free. So, you know, probably everything falls under the umbrella of, of, um, how each individual approaches their running and that, um, I forget who this came from, but it was basically, um, 24 7 52 um and that basically is saying running is not uh, a game of days or weeks or right even months right it's the consistency each day throughout a week over the course of a year um and for most people several years right um and so i think a lot of what we see in our in our field in in, in physical therapy is is a lot of time 
um, poor management or load error or volume error, or those right. kinds of things, right? It's not because you don't know because, you know, I'm guilty of this. I'm sure you have been as well. It's like we may, we're feeling great. We're going to go an extra couple of miles or we're going to go a little harder than we were supposed to. And something flares up, right? So things happen. But I think for the most part, if we're practical about how we approach running, about our goals, about what we think uh, can be helpful to us, um, we'll probably do okay. And that's generally what keeps people out of trouble is being pretty practical about their approach to running. To get a little bit more specific, I would say that in inside of that consistency part, it's um, what your routine is and how you adapt simply to life. So a lot of people that we see, you know, whether they be high schoolers or whether they be um, 40 something year olds with families, you know, what happens when you don't get a good night's sleep and you're scheduled to run right. at 5 a.m.? Or do you need to go out and push the needle and run 800s right. so you can't walk anymore? Or, you know, do you push that back and, and save it for another day? Or, you know, if you're low in motivation, do you get yourself, drag yourself out of bed and make yourself do it? Or do you hit the snooze button and skip that workout? You know, and what's good or bad. But how you approach those things in terms of consistency, I think, is really important. Um, and, you know, consistently running, but also consistently doing the things to take care of your body. Well, I mean, I, I find especially like, you know, I alluded in the, the last episode you and I did about coaching. I coach adults and I coach kids. Mm -hmm. um, and the big thing, you know, I'll... I'll with the kids, we usually run Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we do a really shorter run, 20, 30 minutes at the most. Yeah. Uh, we kind of focus on recovery. So it's usually Monday is a middle-ish distance run, five to seven miles. Tuesday is a workout. Those are usually end up, I mean, they're harder efforts, but they end up less in the mileage, mm -hmm. you know, department. Mm -hmm. Wednesday's a little bit less. Thursday's back on a little bit, a bit easier miles. Friday, another workout. And I, I like them to do their long run on Saturday yeah. so that they get off on Sunday completely. And they're off from Saturday morning all the way to Monday morning. I love that. Yeah. And, but what the kids do is they, you know, they're like, they don't want to get up on Saturday. <laughs> and so then they don't want to get up on Sunday yeah. and then they'll run eight miles Sunday night yeah. and then they'll show up Monday morning for their second longest run of the week and just be trashed and mm -hmm. not know why. And I, I feel terrible. And then Tuesday's workout sucks. Yeah. Right. Like in, in teaching kids how to recover. I mean, adults, adults is hard enough, <laughs> right? Like, but it, at least with an adult, I can go, you, you know, better. Right. Like I've told you, I can be a much harsher coach mm -hmm. with an adult. I can yeah. be like, Hey, you're just being dumb. Like yeah. stop. And, but a kid, you know, you, especially nowadays, like you just have to be, but man, they, they don't understand the power of recovery and, you know, and, and I've done, you know, we do these, the, like the fresh junkie fit club thing is, you know, it's a, it's a hundred exercises in a hundred days and it's 20 minutes. And, and, you know, I've done it where I've run a hundred, I've done 130 runs in a hundred days. Yeah. I've done it. Sure. But some of those runs were 20 minutes at 13 minute pace. Yeah. Right. And people go, you ran 13 minute. Pace? I'm like, yes, like <laughs> it, it, like it doesn't matter. Like it's, it, it's working thing. Like you're getting a benefit out of it. But with those things, what I try to tell people is they're getting back to running. It's like, hey, walk a day, run a day, mm -hmm. especially at age, right? Like depending Absolutely. on how old you are, like like I want to run five days a week when I'm training for running specific things. Mm -hmm. That's what I'd like to do. 
but you know, I know that if I get on the bike for 90 minutes and I ride hard or whatever, like I'm getting a benefit from that. And it's, and it's actually recovery from running. Yeah. Um, but putting a, putting you know, running two days in a row and putting a rest day. Like I try not to run more than two days in a row mm-hmm. for me personally. Sure. Yeah. Man. But I'm 52. I yeah. mean, some people might can handle it differently yeah. and I can handle it. I can do it, but at what cost? Exactly. Right. And so we talk about consistency, but it's also a moving target, like you're saying, right? right? So, um, even for a high school kid, their body from their freshman year to their senior year, and, and sometimes we just have this expectation in high school. Um, you know, we talk about life pressures for adults, but there are tons of other pressures for high school kids, right? And the pressure of a team itself and your coach and wanting to uh, satisfy what your parents want you to do and all these things, right? But your body itself needs different things from the time that you're 14 to 17 or 18. Yeah. And so what they do for recovery might change. Um, how much of it they need to do might change. And the same exists for us. The difference between a 27 year old and a 34 year old is, you know, there are big differences yeah. in terms of physically what they can tolerate. And so um, I never thought I would be a fan of walking. And it right. used to be a bad word in a lot of places when you were around runners, like oh, you walked in the middle of that long run, right. you know, and, um, I've come to uh, love walking and and it's built into a lot of the training that I have with my athletes and um, all of those things that you feel like are just not pushing the needle to improve your fitness. Well, your fitness doesn't improve until you give it time to make that improvement, right? And so if you're constantly pumping the gas pedal. Yeah. Um, and don't hit the brakes, your body never has that opportunity to rebuild. Well, and nobody's ever really made a, I don't think that the, the industry has ever made a priority of stressing that a lot of the gains you get from a specific workout come in the recovery in the next day yeah. or so. Like that it's not it's not just oh, running on tired legs the day after is, is improving you. It's actually like if you're recovering and doing active recovery, you're actually getting the gains from the, 800s or whatever yeah. you did the day before. I feel like there's been a, a, a huge focus recently. Maybe I'm just getting into my feed because I've seen a lot of it, but recovery tools have become all the rage. And, um, you know, I think like a lot of gimmicks, recovery tools are great if you feel like they help you. And, you know, maybe they do. But the best recovery is are the simple things, right? Like get some sleep, eat sleep, a good meal. Eat well. And, you know, and, and, and even moving like I tell, I tell kids yeah. after a hard event, you know, well, go walk. Like yeah. I, it doesn't like just moving is going to be, you know, I think the kids all, all want the massage guns and all the things. <laughs> and we, and my kids have them and whatnot. But, you know, I think that those kids don't, they don't realize that that is just, I mean, that they, so they run six miles, they do some strides or whatever. They maybe they did some drills. They do some stretching at the end and then they, you know, they're sore in the afternoon, so they hit themselves with a gun. They're really just giving themselves another workout, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, and they don't know that, right? Like, and so they're over, yeah. you know, it's it's a fine line because my kids are so tight and they don't do, any, you know, it's hard to get them to do anything. Mm-hmm. But then they go, you know, it's the it's from here all the way, all the way to the other extreme. And I, like, they never just slow roll it the way they should. I just got a text before I got here from a, from a client who has been feeling sore. He's kind of hitting the crux of his marathon training. And um, he asked me if there was such a thing as too much foam rolling or a massage gun. And he said, I've just been doing it all day because I've been yeah. sore. Yeah, so and, you uh, never, he, dive, never recover. Yes, right? It's just you're sensitizing those areas to where you just, 
It's like I think runners have this thing, and a lot of people do with working out. Unless it does, unless it's uncomfortable, it's not working, right? right? You know, and I think we've all fallen prey to that. Um, so it's a, it's something that we we don't emphasize enough. I agree. So I mean, so the first thing I guess to run an injury free, I guess would you, that whole chunk of that conversation is an emphasis on recovery, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I would for sure agree with that. That's something that we just don't do enough of. Um, I mean, for me, I have a number two, if you don't want to go, yeah, go ahead. but my number two, which actually could be a number one is always having newish up to date, correct footwear. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that is the type of thing that you turn around. I got a kid right now, um, who had had planner and was in a pair. He had run in Clifton's Hoka Clifton's for a while. Great shoe. Nothing wrong with it. He got planner and he kept running in them. And I had an old pair of Arahis, which is a, is a light stability, but has some arch support in mm-hmm. it. And he's worn them for a week, and he's like, I feel better every run. You know, yeah. like, that that was my background, right? Like, yeah. I, I was varsity sports employee number six or something like yeah. that. And so, you know, I learned, and that's right when I started running. And I learned early on about the importance of footwear. I'm probably, and I've been lucky enough to work in the shoe industry and have hookups for footwear for <laughs> it's not a terribly expensive sport, but I haven't had to buy a lot of shoes in my life. Yeah. Um, at least not a hundred percent full price, but like I'm, I am on the 200 mile, maybe 250. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm out. Like yeah. I'm, I'm on an, another pair. They just, you know, yes. some people are like 350, 450. Mm-hmm. Like the, it's some badge of courage that they got like an extra hundred miles <laughs> of it. I understand it's money. Like yeah. I'm not disregarding that, but I'm also, all right, what's more important, you know, yeah. 60 bucks, you know, for, you know, or whatever, an extra pair or two pairs of shoes a year or going to PT for six yeah. weeks. Yeah. What's more expensive? Yeah. And no offense to you. Yeah. And I think that tradition, traditionally and the shoe, you know, this too, the shoe game has changed so much in terms of how they're made, how they're marketed and, and what they do for us. And I think that, um, for a long time, it was 300 to 500 miles, get out of them, right? 300 right. miles. And I think that things are changing. In some ways, shoes are lasting not as long, depending on what you get. And I in agree. some ways, we're finding that sometimes the shoe does less than we thought it did if you don't have the right mechanics on your in your feet. Right. <laughs> the shoes sometimes aren't the problem. It's the foot, ankle, sure. knee, you know, Strength. it's the person, right? Um, but I think that, the rise of you know the super shoe and the and the max stack on these shoes um, certainly creates some some challenges depending on a person's structure. But you're right if you don't have the right tools to run healthy, yeah, you're starting yourself off behind the eight ball, right? Um, and so I agree. I think that there are very few tools you need to run, right? <laughs> and your shoes is just about the only thing that you actually do need. Unless you're a, a barefoot person, but oh yes. my god, uh, don't get me started. <laughs> I lived through that whole. I was working in the running shoe you're business shoe store, yeah. when that came about, and it was the most, you know, it was the most exhaust. I remember a guy coming through. I was in Huntsville, and some guy coming through, and I don't. This is not a testament to his time, and time being the end all, be all. But he came in, and his it was on concrete. His feet were bloody, Ugh. and he'd run, a, you know, a half. <laughs> And I looked at the clock and he had like come through at like 
two fifteen or something, and I was like, I mean, like we're glorifying the fact that you ran like you could probably run one forty five if you put some shoes on. It's craziness, yeah. I was like, what are we doing here? Like this is what we're this is what we're glorifying. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm glad that trend is. I mean, look, I have my kids run barefoot on the baseball field. Sure. Once a week, you know, uh-huh. do some strides. Get some of that, get that feel for the ground. That like, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. But anyway, I'm not going to dig any deeper into that. <laughs> All right, one last thing before we get out of here. Give us one more, one more key. Maybe one. Is there a? Um, do you have an exercise or a a thing that you think that every runner should do, either prior to or after every run that helps them stay injury free? Yeah, I mean. Um, we were going, we were starting to go down the road a little bit, maybe with strength training, but aside from, from doing some maintenance work on your body, I find that less and less people are actually warming up before they go run. I agree. And whether that's a, a uh, related to time and you got to squeeze it in cause you have a family or you have a job or you got to get to school or whether that's just purely feeling like you don't need to do it or are too lazy to do it. The difference between a, a runner who warms up and gets into the run versus one who doesn't, I think, is absolutely. Uh, I think it's. I think it's huge, especially somebody that may be on the border of dealing with a tendon issue or a, right. an ache or a pain that's kind of there but kind of isn't. Those are the ones that really are are going to feel the effects of not not warming up. But over time. Not warming up to me is is uh, ex- extremely detrimental to your training. So when you when you're talking a warm up, are you talking like I'm gonna go tomorrow? I'm running five miles easy, right? Mm-hmm. So I would, and I used to be religious about this. I had a back problem for a while, and I think it was all hip tightness related. But uh, I used to run the first mile, mile and a half, and then stop and stretch, leg swings, yeah. and then run the rest of it. Sure. Maybe it was, you know, so maybe it was a mile and a half to two mile warm up, and then run the next three miles. My pace always dropped by 20 seconds a mile with the same heart rate, same effort. Right. Yeah. yeah. I used to be pretty religious about it. Um, or, I mean, would you still, do you, are you speaking more of a, a, a more like, Hey, walk for five minutes, do these four or five exercises, then start the five mile run. Yeah. That's more what you're referring to. Yeah. So everybody that I coach, whether they do it begrudgingly or whether they learn to love it over time, they have somewhere from a five to eight minute walking warm up. Yeah. Whether they want to do some drills or some squats or some lunges or some kicks, totally up to them. But I insist that they do a walking warm up, and that's somewhere between three to three and a half miles per hour. So you're not just strolling, but you're, you know, you're putting in a little bit of effort. That gradual increase in your heart rate and your breathing rate and, and just um, um, getting your mind ready, I right. think, is absolutely crucial to having a good run. We, yeah, we for our high school, we, it depend you know, we used to, depending on the time frame, because we had, um, when school started, right? We, we work out before school. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to give them as much sleep as possible. Cause I know right. they weren't going to, they weren't going to go to bed early. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, I was like, y'all can get here at seven. Yep. And like what the first two things that went was, you know, a one K easy jog followed by drills mm-hmm. and core mm-hmm. and then do the mileage. Yep. That was the first thing that went away. Mm-hmm. And then when, you know, then I'd have, you know, 
everybody coming back at different paces, you're never going to get the same. Like I don't have time. You can't get a good core workout then. Right. Right. Because everybody's coming back and, and they're trickling in and they're trying to get ready. So we have instituted on easy days, especially, and we do it on, on workout days. We of course always did it, mm -hmm. but uh, even on our easy run days where, you know, we're warming up. So uh, those are great. So again, to kind of review recovery. Yes. Uh, making sure your footwear, you're in the correct shoes as well as you, they're fresh enough. They're not like squished. Like there's no badge of honor <laughs> in having beat up. I, they, I used to be on the run and shoe forums and I would just get so mad at these kooks. It would be like, oh, look, I got 700 miles out of these vapor flies. Yeah. I'm like, good for you. <laughs> good for you. Yeah. But good shoes uh, and that you've been fitted for them hopefully for at, at a, at a shoe store. I mean, I'm sure you could probably give advice. I mean, I know I can, I've done it long enough that I can point people in the right direction. Yeah, no, I, I, I love the people at the shoe stores. I think that they see tens and hundreds of people walk through their doors. They every see day. more feet than yeah, we ever me, will. Exactly. Uh, and then finally a good warm up. Yeah. How much of a warm down? I, I don't prioritize it. And no. so, you know, generally speaking, I think people will walk for a couple of minutes after they're after their run and maybe sit, but uh, I think that more than anything, it, just gradually cool yourself down. Don't don't go plop down and then stay there for the next hour. Right. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna crash after a workout, sit for a couple of minutes, get up, move around for 10, 15 minutes, and then go about your day. But I think that there has to be just some some continued easy gentle movement. What I well, see now, I can't I can't stop. <laughs> Would you, uh, we do a stretching routine after each of our runs, yeah. you know, it's pretty much static stuff. Just let, how, when would you say the right time to roll out is at, at the end of a run at the end of the day, you know, then go, or just, you know, do it at the end of the day before you go to bed. Yeah. Both neither. So rolling out, um, is generally helpful because of this neuromuscular sensation that you get, right? There's very little evidence to suggest that it actually um, changes a trigger point or um, lengthens or stretches anything. What you feel is basically your nervous system relaxing, getting like a massage, and it's a good feeling. Um, to me, I've found it most effective to do it in the evening, like before I'm going to bed. Yeah. It's a relaxing thing for me. Um, I don't know that there's a ton of research on what what the best time is i would if it was up to me i would suggest people do it either in the evening when they're sitting around reading a book or watching tv or or to do it before their run i was about to say I, for a while when i had some issues i i would roll out for 10 minutes or so before as a form of a warm-up yeah absolutely and and that seemed to help me as well yeah i think so Awesome. Well, look, thank you again for being on the tempo and, and sharing some knowledge with us. I think we, we're going to, we're going to have you on a couple more times and we're going to, we're going to keep digging deeper into all these things. And I think these episodes are going to be longer and longer because I, I get into the, <laughs> I get into fun. this stuff that we're talking about. And every time we see, we go down a certain way, I'm like, wait, but yeah, what about, no, but, this is fun. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here and y'all have a great day. Hey gang, Mike on a mic again. I hope you learned a lot in today's episode. I know I picked up quite a few tips, especially as it related to rolling and doing that um, more from a relaxation standpoint to then help you 
sleep and recover better, uh, keeping track of the mileage on your shoes, and all of the other great things that PF and Naraj discussed today. I want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and if you have a friend who is trying to run through a nagging injury or is sidelined, please share this episode with them and hopefully they can get some help from the stride shop or another physical therapist that can get them back on the roads and running with you and the rest of your crew. If you have not yet seen, we encourage you to visit our Facebook page, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and YouTube channels so you can see we revealed the North Shore Half Marathon and 10 Miler Medal yesterday, and those available on all those channels, as well as we will be revealing the Giacomo IPA 5K Medal coming up later on this week. We also encourage you to check out the inaugural edition of Racecation Run, Rome, Repeat magazine. This is a complimentary publication that we are now rolling out in addition to our athlete guides. So the athlete guide will have all of the blocking and tackling, the nuts and bolts of all the important parts that you need to know for the 14th annual North Shore Half Marathon. Racecation is a guide that really helps you to find out all of the great places to eat, to drink, to celebrate after the race, maybe get a little coffee recharge or a massage over there at Stone Creek Club and Spa. It's just got a ton of information that we've packed into this publication. So you can find that at NorthShoreHalfMarathon.com. We'll also have it on FreshJunkieRacing.com, on Facebook, etc. So once again, thanks for joining us for Tempo Tuesday. We'll see you next week.